Hello. Welcome to the first episode of The Principal Voice, a podcast sponsored by the Ontario Principals Council, or OPC. My name is Peggy Sweeney, and I will be your host today. The OPC is the professional association representing principals and vice principals in Ontario's publicly funded elementary and secondary schools. We have more than 5,400 members. We develop and deliver professional development for school leaders. We provide legal advice and support, and we advocate on behalf of public education. Our provincial office is in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Our first guest today is Larry O'Malley, the OPC provincial president for the 2018-2019 school year. Welcome, Larry. Thank you, Peggy. It's great to be here. Larry, in your role as president, you'll be the official spokesperson and the representative for all of our OPC members. And I'm sure our members would like to get to know you a little better and learn a little bit more about you. So let's start. Can you tell me a little bit about your upbringing? <laughs> sure. I'm happy to talk about my upbringing. Uh, I'm a, I always like to say that I'm a farm kid from rural Ontario. I was uh, born and raised in the south end of Bruce County, a little township called Colross. I'm one of 12 children. I'm number 11 of 12, uh, so got a lot of lessons from my older siblings and support from them through time. And uh, I was uh, educated and was fortunate to be able to have the opportunity to, uh, after high school, to go on to post-secondary education. And uh, my family was always very supportive of that. So my, as a kid, it was always uh, really good because that wasn't the case in those days in many parts of rural Ontario. Uh, you were needed to work on the farm. And I was fortunate that my parents decided that uh, we could work on the farm, but we could also do our school at the same time. 11 of 12 kids. So I'm betting that you didn't get very many opportunities to have a bathroom by yourself very often when you were growing up. <laughs> no, in fact, we only had one washroom in the whole house. And uh, it used to be a big battle with my older sisters. And uh, I can remember a lot of times there would be uh, concerns and rapping on the door that we weren't getting out fast enough. I'd call that a life skill. <laughs> yes. Larry, when did you decide that you wanted to be a teacher? I guess really when I, uh, you know, when I was in high school in particular, uh, I'd always followed one of my older sisters, Anita, was, uh, was a school teacher, and uh, she taught in the city of Toronto. And she used to bring underprivileged children up to the farm to be able to have an opportunity to see farm life. These were uh, urban students who had never seen a farm or a farm animal. And so she'd bring them to give them an opportunity. And I can remember even when I was 8 or 9 or 10 years old, I would see the positive influence that she was having on, on those, uh, those young people. And they always had big smiles on their faces, and they were really, really appreciative of the opportunity opportunity that they had uh, to travel outside the city with her. And that got me thinking about education. And of course, I always uh, did well in school. I was always uh, a relatively good student. School came relatively easy to me. Uh, so I always enjoyed learning and the opportunities. And so as I uh, worked my way through high school, I thought of a number of different uh, career paths and everything. And in the end, I decided on education would be appropriate because uh, it was something that I really enjoyed and a positive impact that I could have on other people's lives. So that's what made me uh, led me into education. And where did you teach? Tell us about your teaching experience to date. Well, it's interesting because for a kid from rural Ontario, my very first teaching opportunity was actually in the city of Toronto, in the heart of the city. And I taught not in a traditional high school, but in an alternative high school. 
where we uh, taught individual one-on-one meeting the learning needs of individual students. And that taught me a great deal about teaching and about the, the requirement. What we really had to do was meet the individual learning needs. So we had people who were professional actors. We had people who were hockey players. We had some people who were, we didn't have a proper diagnosis in those days, but quite clearly they were, they were, they had difficulty getting into class. They didn't like to be around other people. And so those were the students that we had and we found a way to meet their needs to be able to make them successful. And that's part of what I've carried forward in my entire career was that idea of that. And then from there, I went to uh, Mississauga and taught in Mississauga for three and a half years and then became a school-based administrator. Returning to my rural roots, I was in the small town of St. Mary's, Ontario for one year and then went to the Halton District School Board where I've been for the last 15 years. So how long have you been an administrator? I've been an administrator for 16 years and I've been teaching for 28 years in total. So a lot of experience in education. Yes, it has been a great opportunity, and uh, I have to say that uh, my uh, my own children, who are now adults, will tell you that Dad never worked. Uh, Dad always enjoyed, uh, never talked about going to work, and so they could never figure out when someone asked me where I was working. Their response was always, oh, my dad doesn't work. And the line that I always used in the classroom, and I tell everyone this all the time, uh, I can't believe that I get paid to do something I love so much, and it's never felt a single day like I've ever gone to work. It's always been so much fun and so much uh, pleasure that I've taken from the teaching profession. What a great way to look at it. Larry, tell us how you became involved with the OPC. Well, I was, uh, I was, actively involved as a classroom teacher. I was actively involved in a provincial subject organization. So I, I was aware of provincial organization bodies. And uh, a friend of mine, a colleague, actually sort of tapped me on the shoulder and said, we're looking for someone to do the local terms and conditions. Uh, you've got a good, uh, a good penchant with attention to detail and all of those things. So uh, I hope you don't mind, but I've nominated you to become the TNC rep for the local OPC. And I was well aware of OPC. I'd been a member for uh, about a year and a half at that point. And I said, sure, it sounds like a good way to start to give back to the organization. And that began uh, my journey. I, I did the TNC. And then a few years later, I was uh, selected to be the provincial counselor from Halton. And then from there, I uh, began to look around and see that there was uh, a great opportunity to work with the executive. And so I was very fortunate to have served on the executive the last five years. And of course, now culminating in my term as president of OPC. So what made you want to take on the role of the president of the OPC? I had seen the positive role models when I became a counselor and I saw the positive role models of those who were serving as president. Uh, they were really there to give something back for the organization to make sure that they were working for what was best for students. And I really admired that. And I thought that was true leadership. They were there uh, to be able to help the members, to be able to help students, and to make sure that everyone across the province of Ontario was benefiting from uh, both from our advocacy and from our support of student learning. And I really, truly admired that. It was the same reason why I became a principal. When I was a young teacher, I saw fabulous principals, and I thought, okay, that, that looks like something I would really like to do. And that's what made me aspire for the role of OPC president. And I'm very, very grateful to have this opportunity. Now, one of the decisions that was made early on in the establishment of the OPC was that the president's role would be for one year. And one of the reasons that they wanted to do that was because they felt it was really important that a practicing principal be in the role, that you were in a school last year and you'll be in a school next year. And so you can really speak authentically to the role when you have to speak on behalf of principals and vice principals. There have been over the last number of years certain goals that have been set by our presidents. Do you have a goal or goals for the coming year? 
Yeah, there are a number of goals that I would really like to see achieved for the uh, for the upcoming school year. One of them is, of course, is to have a positive working relationship uh, with the with the new government who has come into power to make sure that uh, the students of Ontario continue to benefit from our positive education system. I think another one that we really need to uh, to be able to get a, a grip on and make sure that it's coming to fruition is to have a very good opportunity in terms of supporting students with a number of issues around mental health and health and well-being. Those are crucially important issues, and we're hoping to really be able to have an opportunity to meet with the government to make sure that we push those issues forward and that there is a good support plan in place for them. Uh, and when we uh, released the, uh, the position paper prior to the last provincial election, we had a number of key issues in there, and that mental health and student well-being was an important part of that. And I would really like to see those goals that were outlined in that paper achieved in the upcoming year. Okay. So for the last 15 years, the OPC has been in existence while there has been a Liberal government at Queen's Park. A couple of months ago, in June 2018, a new government was elected, a progressive conservative government. How do you think the new government will affect the work of the OPC, or will it? Well, we've always taken the position that we are political but nonpartisan, recognizing that the uh, you know the government and education is a is a public forum where there's uh, certainly everyone has an opinion on it and everyone wants to have uh, say and an input on it. And for us as an organization, though, it's important for us that we continue to speak on behalf of our members and on behalf of the students of Ontario. And so we will work cooperatively with the government. And it's really not uh, n- not about the. Uh, the politics of those governments, it's really about doing what's best for students and what is going to support our members so that they can help those students be successful. And so I don't think that we will, well, there is a change. There'll be an adjustment period in order to be able to get to know who the new uh, who the new members of the government are, how they respond to issues, how they like to communicate. Uh, it's a little bit like when you switch schools as a principal. You go in and, and you, you get used to or you get comfortable, I guess, is the more appropriate term, uh, with one school and then you move to another one. And uh, so you need to be able to uh, take those skills and what you've learned in the in the previous uh, school and move that to a new one to help move that educational agenda forward. And I'm confident that it's going to be the same way with uh, the new government coming in. Uh, we will continue to work cooperatively with them. We'll make sure that we advocate for the students and we'll, we'll do our best to develop those relationships so that we can be key contributors to the policy development that they have. It's interesting that you note that the OPC is a political but nonpartisan organization because over the summer, the OPC wrote a letter and then attended a public rally encouraging the government to keep the current health and physical education curriculum in place. Now, would you call that a political move? And why did you take these political and highly public steps? Yeah, it is interesting that the first uh, letter that I signed as the president of OPC was a letter encouraging the minister not to uh, uh, retract the updated uh, curriculum revision from 2015. It is. It was highly public, but it, it was a stance that we took, not because it was political, but because it really is about doing what's best for students. And what's best for students is that they have an update up-to-date curriculum in which teachers have the the mechanisms and the tools to be able to deal with what current life is like 
Uh, you know, in, in 1998, I was still a relatively young teacher. I still had all my dark hair in those days and everything else. And I, but uh, we didn't carry cell phones. We didn't have a computer in every classroom. We weren't constantly connected to the internet. Life has really changed in a 20-year period. And so it's best for our students that they have up-to-date information, that they're being able to make good choices based on what is happening now, not uh, based on something that was in my generation or in a previous generation of time. So I think it's important that we speak for the best interest of students, and that's why we both wrote the letter, why we attended the rally, to show the support for the teachers, and most importantly, though, to show the support for the students of the province of Ontario for what is best for their for their learning and for their individual needs. Okay. Larry, a number of OPC members will know you from your 28 years in education, from your time on Provincial Council, and from your time on the Executive, but there are going to be a lot of OPC members who don't know you yet and who are just being introduced to you <coughs> at this time. What is the message that you would like to tell the 5,400 principals and vice principals who you will be representing this year? The key message that I want to deliver for them is that we speak on their behalf and that I am really committed to serving them. Uh, part of the reason I became uh, interested in being the president was to give back to the organization to make sure that it's a strong, vibrant body that's going to speak well on their behalf and that's going to support the students of Ontario. And I really want to say that that's my commitment for the upcoming school year. So on everything that we do, uh, the focus is going to be on service to the members, supporting the students of the province, and to make sure that we are going to uh, do everyone as best as we can and that we're going to serve them well. That's part of my commitment has been that I am going to make sure that I visit each of the districts to get to know people better and so that they can get to know me as well so that I, they, uh, you know, so that they know that I do have that deep commitment and that's what I want uh, them to know about me. Okay. Now, even though you've been an educator, you're still a person first. So tell us a little bit about Larry away from the school. Hmm. Larry away from the school, uh, well, I'm, I'm married, have three children, two grandchildren now as well. So that's great. They keep me, uh, always keep me smiling and keep me interested in things. And, and uh, I do enjoy, uh, my hobbies are, are actually a bit eclectic. I enjoy uh, classic cars. I enjoy traveling around the car auctions and seeing them and, uh, and uh, learning more and more about uh, vintage vehicles. And uh, I also uh, do research on my own. I'm, I'm very much interested in Canadian involvement in both World War I and World War II. My last school was named after World War II veterans, so I've begun to do research. And uh, maybe not surprisingly, because I come from a large family, I'm always interested in the impact that uh, the wars had on, on families. And so currently I'm doing research as to how many brothers actually died in the war. And so those are the types of things I'm involved. Uh, I do like uh, sports, but I'm not very uh, good at it. So I have a tendency to, to do more observation than participation when it comes to sports team. Uh, but spending time with my family and kids is very important. And now, as I've mentioned, grandchildren. And another one of my great hobbies is I actually really like to cook. I take great pleasure out of uh, providing and serving great meals to people because it does make them feel appreciative and and uh, it feels like you're doing a, a, a good good bit of service to them. And there's never a complaint when you give someone a meal. It's unlike, unlike the role of the principal, sometimes when people complain, no one ever complains when you cook them a meal and, uh, and serve them at uh, a nice dinner. 
So when can the OPC staff expect our first home-cooked <laughs> meal from President Larry? Well, actually, that's interesting because, uh, and I'm not making this up, we actually are trying to determine that, that we will uh, have a home-cooked meal. We're trying to get a venue where I can actually do it uh, so that I can cook for a large group. Uh, through my years as a school leader, I had uh, staff at my house many, many times, and it was always well-known uh, that at the end of the year, there would always be a staff social. And uh, most of those times, it was uh, myself along with the support my family, my wife, and my kids, uh, who uh, provided those meals for the staff at the end of the school year as a special thank you to them for uh, a job well done. Well, listeners, we will keep you up to date on that, on the cooking show. Larry, most important question, do you finally get to use a bathroom all by yourself now? (laughs) Uh, Actually, no, (laughs) because with three kids growing up and even though we have two boys and one girl and we have two washrooms in the, uh, two full washrooms in the upstairs of the house and one in the basement uh, my sons and I have been relegated to the basement washroom most of the time because my wife and my daughter claim the two that are in the upstairs part of the house understandable that's a wrap thank you very much for joining us on our first podcast of the principal voice my guest today was Larry O'Malley the OPC president for 2018-2019 Stay tuned for further editions of the podcast, and we hope to talk to you soon. Goodbye.